2: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark featuring my Trustmark, online and mobile banking, Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders details at trustmark.com Member FDIC.
3: Good morning. It's 830. I'm on Monday, April 3rd, 2017. I'm Karen Brown and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, torrential rain and flooding across parts of the state have caused some residents to evacuate their homes or be rescued from their homes. We'll hear from the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency about ongoing flooding issues. And Mississippi's controversial religious freedom law returns to court today, why some fear it would incite discrimination rather than protect against it.
0: We're confident this law is way out of the norm and way outside of, of the United States constitutional tradition. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't be able to freely exercise their religious. We support that. But this law uh, tried to do that in a really extreme, broad and ham-handed way
3: plus a two-sided wrap-up of the issues that didn't make the cut during the legislative session. Some Mississippi residents are scrambling after being forced to leave their homes this morning. This just as heavy rains ripped across the state, leaving flash floods and power outages and setting off sirens. Some residential evacuations and water rescues took place in parts of the state. This morning, we're joined by Greg Flynn from the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency for the latest on this weather maker. Good morning, Greg morning, Karen. We have to start off with some very sad news. I understand there was loss of life as a result of this weather.
1: There was, unfortunately. Uh, we have actually have now confirmation of two uh, storm-related deaths. Uh, the first, uh, the most recent coming uh, this morning in Rankin County in Florence, uh, as a woman uh, during the flash flooding apparently drove off into a creek, um, and she was found just a short time ago. Uh, near Highway 469 and Highway 49. And then up in Tallahatchie County uh, last evening, uh, a, ho- a uh, tree fell on a house in uh, the town of Glendora, and a woman was killed when that tree uh, hit the home.
3: Was this during a thunderstorm, Greg?
1: It was. That was at the height as, you know, it was moving through from west to east and started up there, really, and it was during uh, some extremely high winds. I don't believe they were under a tornado warning and they were uh, just catching high straight line winds. And that's the, the two things I want to point out to people is they'll say, oh, well, we didn't have any tornadoes. Well, the two deaths that we've had are not from tornadoes. They're from flash flooding and from severe thunderstorms. So that's why we have to take each one of these systems seriously, not just worry about tornadoes.
3: It's my understanding, Greg, that the woman in Florence was on the phone with uh 9-1-1?
1: I don't have those details. I heard the same media reports, uh, but I don't have the, the details.
3: Tell us about the evacuations that was last night and the overnight hours and this morning.
1: Well, yes, we had uh, several. It started in Vicksburg yesterday afternoon. Warren County had several. I just got a report that uh, Vicksburg, as of last night at midnight, had received seven inches of rain, which was a daily record. And then here at the Jackson Airport uh, at five, point three eight inches of rain as of midnight. Another record, but that doesn't take into account what fell um, from midnight till now. Uh, but several counties had uh, evacuations, swift water, high water rescues, uh, Rankin County, Lauderdale County, Warren County. The, the good news is the water um, has pretty much receded because it was up and then it has now gone down. And our last severe weather warning has now left the state of Mississippi, moving out of Jackson County into Mobile, uh, Alabama. So now is just a time where we'll assess the damage and, and see how much water damage there was to uh, places that were flooded.
3: How many rescues do you uh, think happened or do you, do you have a number? We don't partic-
1: have a number on that yet just because a lot of them happened uh, you know, overnight and the water had just receded a short time ago. So we'll get a good roll up from all of our counties once they get a chance to get back to the office and and document everything. But flash flood warning still is in effect for uh, Rankin and Scott counties, and uh, a flash flood warnings still going for the coast in George, Harrison, Hancock, and Jackson County.
3: Um, has power been restored to, to those areas where it was out?
1: Well, the Entergy is still reporting uh, close to 15,000 outages, uh, 5,000 of those alone are in Warren County. Uh, Madison County as well, uh, had a high number, uh, as did Rankin County. So they'll, they'll work to get it back on because, you know, between the flooding and a lot of the trees that came down, took down some power lines. Um, it's going to take a while to get that power back on, but it's, uh, it's just going to be a cleanup day. Thankfully, it's going to be more of a dry day today. So we'll get a chance to, to bounce back.
3: I just want to go back to the water rescues for a second. Who responds? Is it, is it a county? Is it a city? Who helps those people evacuate?
1: Uh, it is both. Uh, first, it starts at the city and then the county comes in. Uh, I saw the Rankin County Sheriff was using his high water vehicles. Uh, there are several counties that have those high water vehicles so that they don't have to ask for help. Uh, but I do know that like the city of Pearl went down and helped out in Florence uh, with Rankin County. So our cities and counties work together. Uh, They did not request any of the state uh, search and rescue teams. uh, But we have such great training among this entire state where the cities and counties work so closely together.
3: Thank you, Greg. Greg Flynn from the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Thank you. All right, Karen. Coming up, Mississippi's religious freedom law is back in court. Hear the latest. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi's controversial religious freedom law is returning to the U.S. Court of Appeals in Texas today. It is formally known as the Protecting Freedom of Conscience from Government Discrimination Act, or HB 1523. The law says Mississippians with deeply held religious beliefs can deny some services to same-sex couples. It was due to take effect July 1st of 2016, but a federal law struck down the law. A federal judge, rather, struck down the law. Ron Mattis is political coordinator for the Mississippi District United Pentecostal Church in Raymond. He tells MPB's Desiree Fraser, people of faith have legitimate concerns about being fined or punished if they deny gay couples services.
4: You know, the bill is actually a very straightforward bill. Basically, what it says is that the government is not going to discriminate against people of faith uh, from uh, holding to their sincerely held religious beliefs. So, you know, the idea that it is discriminatory or, you know, a very broad bill is, is uh, not an accurate depiction.
5: How do you see the bill protecting people of religious faith?
4: The argument against the bill is that it's a problem without a solution. But, you know, I think you can look at just different places of the country to see that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. You know, when a person like... Uh, fire chief Kelvin Cochran in Atlanta uh, gets fired because he wrote a Bible study on his own time um, that talked about his views on marriage. Um, I think that that is an indication that there is need for protection for people of faith, whether you're a florist in Oregon or a a person baking cakes in Colorado, whatever it is, um, people of faith, you know, have legitimate concerns that Uh, abiding by their sincerely held religious beliefs could cause them to be fined or even uh, punished by the government. And all this law does is say in wedding-related matters that uh, people of faith have the right uh, to uh, live by and conduct themselves according to their sincerely held religious beliefs.
5: What do you say to critics who are concerned that it's another opportunity, as they see it, to discriminate against same-sex couples?
4: I don't think that's an issue in the sense that this bill doesn't cover, for instance, if a couple goes into a restaurant and wants to eat there, the owner doesn't have any right to say, you know, you're denied service. This is wedding related. So, for instance, if a person of faith had a hall and they said they wanted to host a reception there, then that would be something they could say, you know, that I that would be an endorsement on my on my part, and uh, I just, you know, don't wish to to participate in that you know, I don't see it as discrimination. It's protection from discrimination so that the government can't fine or in any way punish people of faith.
5: There is also the concern that same-sex couples endure harassment and sometimes acts of violence, that this kind of supports people's beliefs that they can act unfairly towards them.
4: You know, again, I don't see that in in the legislation. This is not in any way condoning discrimination of any kind. And so I I think critics who see that are mistaken.
5: How did you feel when federal judge Carlton Reeves decided to block this legislation or this law from taking effect last year?
4: You know, I was disappointed, um, but I understand that, you know, we're going through a process and uh, the governor uh, who, when he signed the legislation said he was committed to protecting Uh, freedom of conscience from uh, government discrimination. And he said that he would uh, continue to fight for this uh, piece of legislation regardless of what the outcome is initially. So I think that it's making its way through the appropriate process. And uh, I'm hopeful that uh, the court will see it that way and, and understand the intent of this piece of legislation.
5: Has this been a topic of concern in your circle
4: our pastors and people in our organization were uh, very thankful to know that we have leaders who are doing everything they can to protect people of faith, whether they be pastors uh, who wouldn't feel comfortable officiating at a gay, uh, gay wedding, or whether they be business owners who wouldn't feel comfortable participating in uh, wedding related services. So, you know, they felt that the government was making an appropriate stand.
5: Well, we really appreciate you taking time to do so. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much. Hope you have a great day.
3: Ron Mattis with the United Pentecostal Church. Attorney Roberta Kaplan argues the law violates the First Amendment. She tells our Desiree Fraser, HB 1523 will embolden those with anti-gay sentiments.
0: You know, as with any hearing at a United States Court of Appeals, we take this very seriously, and I've been hard at work preparing for the arguments. Uh, I don't have to tell you or the folks who listen to this show what it would mean for gay folks in Mississippi would be really pretty horrible. So, you know, that puts a lot of weight on my shoulders. But, you know, we have a lot going for us. This law, HB 1523, is really, truly unlike any other so-called religious freedom law that's ever been passed because it takes three religious beliefs and essentially makes them the official religious beliefs in the state of Mississippi – not aware of any other law in the united states that's ever done anything like that so for that reason and, and other reasons we are we remain confident that the judges on the court of appeals on the fifth circuit will understand that while it's important to protect religious liberty in this country and we all want to protect religious liberty uh at some point there are things that the government cannot do
5: how is it going to harm in your estimation same-sex couples
0: yeah so one of the the primary problems and really horrible things about HB 1523 is that even before anything happens, uh, the law itself sends a message to gay folks throughout Mississippi, including uh, gay folks who are just trying to, you know, work their jobs and raise their kids and, you know, live like any other married couple— It sends a message that they are outsiders to the political community and that their views are disfavored. And then it sends the corresponding message that people who believe uh, that gay people shouldn't be able to get married as a matter of religious belief, that they are the insiders in Mississippi. And if there's one thing that we all, I think, can agree under the First Amendment that the government can't do, it's that. It can't take sides in a religious debate. If the law were to go into effect, it hasn't, of course. The law would allow uh, teachers in public schools uh, to say things to young kids about their gay or lesbian parents that none of us would want said to our kids, and and there was nothing that the school could do about that. It would allow uh, guidance counselors and psychologists to cut off therapy with a gay kid the minute the kid says he thinks he or she might be gay. Um, which could have catastrophic consequences. We all remember what it was like to be a teenager. It could allow uh, restaurant owners in Jackson that has a non-discrimination ordinance or, or Magnolia, which has one too, to refuse to seat a lesbian couple like my client, uh, Reverend Rostowski, and her wife and son on their anniversary. So, so it's almost impossible given the breadth of the statute to predict how wide and how bad the harms could be. But I promise you that if it ever goes into effect, they will be terrible. HB
5: 1523 deals with services, accommodations related to marriage, weddings, that kind of thing. Some might say that you're taking it too far and estimating that it will have those effects. The problem is
0: it's not me taking it too far. That's the way the statute is drafted. It is not a statute in any way that is limited to weddings or wedding ceremonies or wedding parties. All the stuff that I just talked about is explicitly permitted by the statute. So I understand that people want to say... Uh, that the statute is narrow, but we all know how to write the English language and understand what the English language means. And that's not what the words in the statute say.
5: What would you say to people who feel like their religious beliefs are being ignored and they're being forced to comply with being open to maybe litigation for refusing same-sex couples and they just, because of their religious beliefs, don't want to provide the service?
0: One of our clients in this case is, is Susan Rostowski. She's a lesbian, a lesbian Episcopal vicar in Hattiesburg. And Reverend Rostowski and all of the people on our side of the case, we respect the religious beliefs of anyone, including people who disagree with us, to freely exercise their religion anywhere in the United States, including in the state of Mississippi. You know, after all, my last name is Kaplan. I'm a Jew. I know better than anyone how important it is for this country under the First Amendment to recognize the free exercise of religion everywhere. But that is not the statute that we are dealing with. That's not what HB 1523 is or does. HB 1523 is a statute that says for the purposes of the state of Mississippi, there is one religious view that's the official view of Mississippi, that is that marriage can only be between a man and a woman. And there's another religious view that is that the equal dignity of everyone should be respected under the law and that we were all created equal by God in the divine image. That religious view should be disrespected and should be disfavored in Mississippi. And if there's one thing I think we all can agree, this is something the founders were obsessed with, uh, that kind of law violates the First Amendment.
3: Attorney Roberta Kaplan is partner at the Paul Weiss Law Firm in New York City. Governor Phil Bryant, in a statement, says HB 1523 is a good law. A federal judge struck down the law last year, hours before it was to take effect. An appeal goes before another court today. Coming up, commentary from both sides of the aisle on the issues making noise at the Capitol. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
5: We are more than halfway to receiving the 300 applications needed to get an MPB car tag. MPB needs less than 130 more people to sign up. We know you can help make this happen. All it takes is a one-year commitment of $31. This is another way you can help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Sign up at mpbonline.org slash cartag.
3: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The 2017 legislative session is over. Republican leaders are touting accomplishments like campaign finance reform and the Back the Badge bill, while Democrats are criticizing them for reduced education funding and failure to pass an infrastructure package. The analysts from MPBs at Issue got together with host Wilson Stribling to round up these issues. Republican Austin Barber is the founding partner of the Clearwater Group, and Democrat Brandon Jones is an attorney with the Barrier-Jones Law firm. They recap the legislative session and remember journalist and commentator Bill Miner, who died last week. Miner had covered the Capitol since the 1940s.
6: Just an incredible term of service, 70 years writing, um, dating through the civil rights era. He followed, uh, at that time, Attorney General Robert Kennedy on his tour of the South, and and just one of the toughest guys you ever want to know, most honest, and, and really worked to be fair he was also a faithful viewer of our program. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't the biggest
2: fan of my family, but that's okay. Um, obviously, he's very well respected as a legend in this industry and in the state, and we certainly are sad about his passing.
4: Let's move on to uh, what has happened at the Capitol and, and what didn't happen. I don't think we expected to be at this point where we would not have an DOT budget settled. What's happening here?
2: I don't know. It's, it's obviously frustrating. Um, but this is, I, we don't have enough time to sort of um, dissect exactly uh, all the many layers of this onion. But I, it was very interesting because the lieutenant governor talked in-depthly about this, and I had not, he- I had not heard that clip. And I think what he is saying um, could really be a good thing. No, it's it's disappointing that they didn't figure out infrastructure funding and they didn't come forward with an Dot budget. But if we want to try to spin this positively, which I think that I can in a straight way, Brandon, it is they are, like the lieutenant governor said, they're going to get, Two or three months to really go dissect MDOT, which has hundreds of millions of dollars in state funds and federal funds that come through there, um, to go find an opportunity to figure out, you know, do we have, are we, are they spending money not in the best way? Are there are there ways that that money can be spent uh, in a higher priority to make sure that um, our roads and bridges are, are being taken care of? So in the
6: long run, this may end up turning out to be a good thing. It's a valiant effort. Republicans are lucky to have you, but this was bad. This this was objectively bad. We keep hearing terms like right-sized government, smaller government. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Reeves reminded us of what a good, strong conservative he is. This was weaker and incompetent government. We all agree that our government needs to be involved and active when it comes to issues of infrastructure. We failed miserably. And I think for outsiders watching this process, they wonder why two guys from the same party can't sit down and work out a deal and get together and get along. They can't. And that's bad. And we've been talking about that for three years. The other thing is when it comes to just basically formulating a budget that meets all the needs of the various important areas of government. DeSoto County announced today that it's going to take another half-million-dollar hit, which brings its complete loss this year to $1.2 million. In the superintendent's words, they're going to have to start changing things about classroom education, which is something they're desperately trying not to do. That's a big problem. And then, of course, we have one of our biggest employers, the University of Mississippi Medical Center, laying off nearly 200 people. So those are areas of government that Republicans, Democrats, we all say we need to be doing the right thing in these areas, and we're failing pretty bad, not to mention we only added 800 jobs last year, which is one of the lowest you know, rates in the country.
2: My personal opinion is that they should, their priority should be education, health care, and infrastructure. Okay, I think they 've done they've been rock solid on, on on education. I think there are some things that can change on health care they 're going to deal with Medicaid next year. That is the big issue for the session that 's fine we 'll talk about that then, but on infrastructure, yeah they hadn 't gotten that done yet um, we 've always said let 's let them get to the end of the process this is This is the end of this this process. Right. I understand, but we all but we do know. Um, that they'll get a chance to come back before the end of the the fiscal year. And it is disappointing that they did not get it done during the legislative session. I understand that. It is disappointing that tax dollars will have to go be used to pay for a special session. But in the long run, this is probably the best thing that they can do to really go figure out and continue down the road of how are they going to have a long-term solution for roads and bridges what about you both mentioned education there's been no education
4: funding bill do you think that will be taken up in a special session as well?
6: That needs that should be on the table, but I don't know that we're going to see anything in a special session. And um, I, I've said this before. I'll say it really quickly. One thing that I do expect this proposal is going to do is to allow Republicans to say that they fully funded education, even when they spend less one year than they did the previous year.
2: I, I think this is the smart thing. I have said from day one of this year, this is going to be a two-year process uh, on, on re configuring the funding for it. I always say it's going to be two years. If if I was in charge, what I would do, I would spend the next seven months leading up to the 2018 session doing tours around the state, okay, talking to voters, talking to the public, talking to teachers, whoever, come in, and here's our plan. We want your feedback. I would get on the road, hit the road together as, as one body. Go sell it. I think this is the right process if they go follow a path like that to really go answer questions. And then when you get into 18, bam, we're moving this thing fast through the session. Everybody's on board.
4: Austin, 30 seconds on your overall summary of uh, your your summation of the session this year.
2: Um, Listen, I I think that they've done some successful things. I'm very happy that campaign finance reform got done. I'm happy that I think particularly in the House and the Senate, um, that Republicans and Democrats work <clears throat> together in a better way this year, especially than they did last year.
6: Yeah. Season of failures. Uh, we don't have a good bond bill. We don't have a road bill. And we have a terrible budget.
3: Thank you for listening to Mississippi Edition today. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning, late 30, for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
2: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.